It's Dramatic Listening, the podcast where you learn English by listening to radio plays. I'm your host and teacher, Wendy Lambert. Welcome back to Dramatic Listening. Sorry it's been such a long wait through Chinese New Year. That kind of slowed me down. But we're back in the swing of things now, and you're listening to episode 62, The Lady Was a Tiger. This is the beginning of a new story today. It's part one of six, and I'm calling this episode The New Recruit. The main character in this story is a guy called Larry Fielding. He's a newspaper reporter who gets fired from his job, apparently for no reason. Things go from bad to worse, but in the end, he makes a new acquaintance who offers him an assignment. It looks like a good thing, the silver lining around his dark cloud. Although somewhat suspicious at first, he's persuaded to go for it. I've broken this play up into larger sections than usual because I think it's actually a little easier to understand. So I figured I'd give you some extensive listening. You can listen a little longer this time. The first section, however, still ended up with a lot of new words. These words are all posted on Quizlet, so if you're a Chinese speaker, you could learn these words with English-Chinese flashcards and games at dramaticlistening.com slash Quizlet. The words are also in my show notes for anyone else who just wants to see the word list and the example sentences. The following sections after this first part, actually don't have too many new words. But before we listen today, we've got 29 key words to learn. So let's get started. Our first word is femme fatale. The femme fatale is a very attractive woman who brings trouble to the men who get involved with her. Hong Yan Huo Shui the Chinese says it well, a beautiful woman and the source of calamity. Here's an example sentence. The detective had to admit she was very sexy and attractive, but fearing she was a femme fatale, he resisted getting too deeply involved. Femme fatale. Word number two, frame. Frame as a verb if you frame somebody, this means you plant some evidence or in some way make it look like they committed the crime when actually they're innocent. Wu Xian, to frame. The investigators found Jeff's DNA at the crime scene, but he'd been invited there the day before. Now he realizes the friendly invitation wasn't so friendly after all. He'd been framed. Frame. Word number three, homicide. Homicide can be either a noun or an adjective, and it's the killing of a person, whether that be murder intentional or accidental. Sharon, the homicide detective, saw a motive behind the killing, so he figured it was murder. Word number four, editor. The editor is the person in charge of a newspaper or magazine who decides which stories get printed. Zongbianji or Zongbian. The editor decided to print the freelance writer's story. Editor. Word number five, dismissal. Dismissal is a noun and it means 
being fired from a job. Jie Gu, or Mian Zhi. After his dismissal, he felt very depressed. He didn't know where to find another job. Dismissal. Word number six, tormented. Tormented is an adjective, and it's that feeling or feeling physically or psychologically tortured. Tormented. Jian Ao or Jie Mo, he was tormented by the thought that he could have prevented her death. Tormented. So those thoughts kept coming back to him and making him feel very upset. Word number seven, mug. Mug. Mug can be a verb, and when it is, it means to rob somebody, to threaten them with violence so they give you their wallet. Mug. Lanjie, or shiji. He came home looking beaten up and told me he'd been mugged in the park. Mugged. Word number eight, story. Story can refer to the level or a floor of a building. It's used to measure the height of a building, as in an 18-story apartment building. Shibatsang, so story is tsang. I live on the 10th floor of a 15-story apartment building. Story. Word number nine, slang, and the word is scrapper. Scrapper. A scrapper is a fighter. He's an aggressive, feisty person who shows a readiness to fight. How He's a scrapper, that one. Always getting into fights. Scrapper. Word number 10, commando. A commando is a soldier who has been specially trained to carry out surprise attacks on the enemy. And they usually work in a team, so Chinese is tu ji dui. Jack has always admired his father for being a commando in the Second World War. Commando. Word number 11, the Civil War. The Civil War, if it's, if it's a civil war, it's a war within one country. And the Civil War, as the name of a war, refers to the war in America from 1861 to 1865. That's quite a while ago. The Yankees in the northern states of the United States fought the Confederates in the southern states. And they were fighting over freeing the black slaves in the Civil War. Gone with the Wind is probably the most famous Civil War movie. Civil War. Word number 12. Let somebody go. If you let someone go, you fire them from their job. Jiegu or Chujur. Actually, I didn't quit. I was let go. Let someone go. Word number 13. Put someone on. If you put somebody on, your fool you're, you're, you're This is a uh, two-word verb, a phrasal verb. So you're fooling somebody, you're kidding them, you're misleading them deliberately, especially for amusement. You're just having fun. On is a particle. It's not a preposition. It's part of the verb. And that means it's not followed by a noun or a noun phrase. 
belongs to the verb. So in Chinese, put somebody on means zhuonong or dou or donong. No way, you're putting me on. I don't believe you. Put someone on. Word number 14, scout. This could be a verb, but here it's being used as a noun. A scout is a person who looks for unknown talented people. Xing Tan or Bu Le. Phoebe was discovered by a talent scout who heard her sing at a coffee house. And now she's famous. Scout. Word number 15, sit on something. And this is used in a figurative way. I mean, we can always sit on something, like sit on a chair, sit on a sofa, but this is a little bit different. It means to have something, but not be using it yet. He looks like a poor farmer, but I bet there's oil on his land. He's sitting on a gold mine and doesn't even know it. Sit on something. You have it and you're not using it yet. Word number 16, check somebody out. If you check someone out, you check and see if someone is who he says he is. So you're verifying his claims about himself. Cha zheng, or zheng shi. So if you give your resume to an employer, that's just you saying, this is what I've done, this is the kind of work experience I have. And if that person's interested in hiring you, they're going to check you out. They're going to call up some of your former employers and see if you really did work there and find out what kind of employee you were. Check someone out. The company phoned the applicant's former employers to check her out before offering her the job. Check someone out. Word number 17, G-I, just the letters G-I. And it means army supplies. It comes from the words government issue. So if the government issues something, it gives it out. So the government is supplying it. Guanfang bu G.I. also came to refer to each soldier, as they too felt like they were just being treated like army supplies, that they weren't any more important than the food and the weapons and the ammunition. So G.I. meaning a soldier, especially one who has been conscripted. He's been forced to become a soldier. Beijing Ruwu de Shibing or Junren. The Black Hawk, which is a military helicopter, dropped us off in the middle of the jungle, me and five other GIs. GI. Word number 18 liberate. Liberate means to free someone from bondage or to take back an area of the country. You liberate that part of the country and everyone in it. Or even things that were captured by the enemy during the war. So you take them back. Jiefeng, Shifeng. Russian soldiers were the first to liberate Jewish prisoners from the concentration camps at the end of the war. Liberate. Set them free. Word number 19, diamond. A diamond is a kind of jewel, a precious stone. 
It's the one that can cut glass, and it's often used in engagement rings. Zhuanshi in Chinese. Tom gave Lana a diamond ring when he proposed. Diamond. Word number twenty, ruby. Ruby is another kind of precious stone, and this one is red in color. Hongbaoshi. Since she wears a ruby ring, I think she must have been born in July. Ruby. Word number twenty-one, emerald. Emerald is yet another precious stone, and this one is green in color. Lu bao shi or cui. Although everyone's lawn was dry brown grass, the golf course was a beautiful emerald green. Emerald. Word number twenty-two, Nazi. A Nazi is a member, or was a member, of the Nationalist Socialist German Workers Party, which controlled Germany from 1933 to 1945 under Adolf Hitler. So, in Chinese, we can say Nazi, or Nazi Dongren, or Nazi Fenzi. The Nazis tried to wipe out. The Jewish people, Nazi. Word number twenty-three, pal. A pal is a friend, a buddy. 好朋友 or 伙伴 My son went with his pals to the baseball game. Pal. Word number twenty-four. Archaeologist. An archaeologist is a scientist who studies ancient cultures by digging up ancient civilizations. Kaugushuja, archaeologist. The archaeologist in charge of this site says. This ancient civilization was surprisingly technologically advanced. Archaeologist. Word number twenty-five: crooked. Crooked means not straight, and it comes to mean dishonest. Wide, or 不老实的 or 诈欺 He runs a crooked business. You'll never get a fair deal from him. Crooked. Word number twenty-six. Jewels. Jewels are precious stones like diamonds, rubies, emeralds, and another one, sapphire. Jiu, or shou shi. These jewels have been in the family for generations, detective. You've just got to get them back. Jewels. Word number twenty-seven. Material. Material, and in this story, we're referring to source material for a book or an article. Something that you can use to. You read it first, and then you write the book, or you interview someone, and you get your source material from them, and then you write your book or your article. So material, suitsai. I'd love to get an interview with him. He would be interesting material for an article. Material. Word number twenty-eight, buy, and here they use it in a slang kind of way, and it means to believe what one is told, to accept something as true. My junk 
They bought the line that I needed the money for school and gave me their savings. They bought the line. They believed the line that I told them. The, they believed what I said. Buy. And finally, word number 29, operation. Operation is used here to mean secret underground work. Espionage, a planned spy activity, an operation. Mimi Huodong, or Jindie Huodong, or Tu Wu Huodong, operation. The secret agent reported to his superiors that the operation was successful. So, no, we're not talking about surgery in a hospital. This is spy work, operation. Okay, that's it for our new words for this episode. Remember, they are on Quizlet. So if you want to stop this podcast now, you could go and practice them on Quizlet and then come back and listen to the story. Okay, I think we're ready now to listen to part one of The Lady Was a Tiger. This is a CBS Radio Mystery Theater old-time radio play from the 70s. So this is um, Hyman Brown, and he's trying to revive the radio plays when TV was already well underway. This part of our radio play is Act 1, Scenes 1, 2, and 3, and It is 7 minutes and 45 seconds long, so sit back and be ready for a longer story. Let's listen. Walking is great exercise, and with good weather can also be great fun. But not when you've just been fired by the editor of the newspaper for which you've worked happily for five years. Larry Fielding has been walking aimlessly for two hours, trying to figure out why Horace Finley, the editor and his boss, had refused to give him any reason for his dismissal. Tormented by his frustrating thoughts and tired, Larry sits down on a park bench to think. He is so deep in thought, he is unaware of three men who suddenly surround him. Larry has only to look at them to know that he is in trouble. He tries to get up, but is pushed back down, and the men start to beat him up. No, no, take, take my money and leave me alone, will you? Calling for help when you're being mugged in a big city park is sometimes as helpful as trying to catch hold of a windowsill in a 30-story fall. But this time, there was a miracle. A stranger has seen the attack and rushes to help. care of them? Uh, They're gone. Oh, thanks. Uh, Let me help you up. Thanks. Thanks, mister. Thanks a lot, I tell you. I was in real trouble. My pleasure. Did they get your wallet? I don't know. No, no, no. I got a lot of bruises, but they didn't get a thing. Say, you're a pretty good scrapper for a... For a guy my age? Well, yeah, yeah. Hey, what are you, a karate expert? Oh, just keep myself in shape. You sure do. Listen, can I do something for you to show you I really meant thanks? You certainly can. How about coffee? Oh, sure, sure, but, but that's nothing. What, what I meant was... Uh, I, I mean... know what you meant. My name's Dave Wilson. Oh, good. I'm, uh, I'm Larry Fielding. Oh, come on, Larry. Let's have a cup of coffee. Oh. 
still can't get over the way you tore into those guys. I was a commando in World War II. World War II? <laughs> Did you think I was in the Civil War? No, no, I didn't mean that. It's just... Well, to a young fellow like you, World War II might as well have been in the last century. It was only 30-some-odd years ago, you know. Oh, I know, I know. After all, I was in the newspaper business. Yeah, you know, that stuff which you told me about losing your job. What are you going to do? Oh, I don't know. Look around for another one. What bothers me is the way my editor let me go. No explanations. You know, we were friends. You'd think he'd at least tell me why he fired me. Those things happen. Ah. Stop torturing yourself and begin making plans. No, not until I get this thing straightened out in my own mind. I think I'll call my editor at home tonight and... Uh... I've got a better idea. <laughs> go out and get drunk, huh? Nope. How about a trip to Paris? <laughs> are you putting me on? I'm serious. Well, what are you, a scout for contestants for some kind of TV quiz show? <laughs> no, I am a man sitting on a couple of hundred thousand dollars. What? And I need a guy just like you. Now, look. Look, I'm a newspaper man. Anytime a stranger starts talking about a trip to Paris and a couple of hundred thousand dollars, I, uh... Walk away without even listening? Yeah. Even if the man just happened to maybe save you from being mugged, robbed, and beaten up? Okay. All right. I'll listen, but believe me, that'll be it. Fair enough. First, here's my card. Oh. Uh, David Wilson Calridge Imports. I never heard of him. You can call and check me out. I told you I was in World War II. Oh, look. I'm grateful to you, but you're wasting your time. Why don't you shut up and listen? You've probably heard about the millions of dollars in artworks and precious jewels that the G.I.s liberated. During the last days of the war. Liberated, sure, yeah. Well, I've heard stories. Well, most of them are true. One that I know in particular certainly is. Did you ever hear of the Lancer collection? Lancer, Lancer. The no, Comte no. de Lancer came from an old French family. And the Lancer collection is a fabulous assortment of diamonds, rubies, emeralds, and other precious stones which were seized by the Nazis when they swept through France in 1940. A pal of mine, not a commando, happened to come upon the collection when the Americans were driving the Germans back in 44. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. And he liberated it? Exactly. He and a distinguished Frenchman named Henri Thiel. Oh. Professor Henri Thiel? The archaeologist? That's the man. Oh, come on. He wouldn't... Uh... You were saying something? No, nothing. You were about to say he wouldn't get involved in anything crooked, weren't you? Yeah, something like that. You're right, he wouldn't. But he was younger. The world was quite different then. And my G.I. pal was a most persuasive guy. They decided to bury the Lancer collection. They did. They drew a map. And today, Professor Teal is the only possessor of that map. Uh-huh. And, uh... What happened to your nameless friend? He's dead. Professor Teal wants to return to Jules. <laughs> but that's easy, isn't it? Not if the professor doesn't want embarrassing questions asked about how he came by that app in the first place. Oh. What about you? Calridge Imports is a highly respected and reputable importing firm. I want to keep it that way. Oh, so do I, even though I've just been fired. You haven't heard what I'm asking you to do. Well, what? Come with me to Paris. You're writing a story on Professor Teal. He's good material. You'll grant me that? Yes, yes. You'll interview him, naturally. During the course of that interview, he'll give you a slip of paper, which is a map showing the location of the jewels. You'll later deliver it to me. And that's all you have to do. You, um, mentioned something about sitting on hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's right. The Lancer collection is worth that and more. I'm sitting on it. I intend to return the jewels and collect a reward. If you want to share in that, you deserve it. Mrs. Wilson, the report is positive. Fielding has agreed to go to Paris with me. He bought the story about picking up a map showing the location of the Lancer collection. Operation successful.
Now it's time for the walkthrough. The blurb for this radio play says, A femme fatale double agent frames an unemployed reporter for homicide in Paris. A blurb is a very short summary that might be used in advertising the movie or in a list telling you what's on the radio or TV, like a TV guide. You might have found a list of radio programs in the newspaper back in the 1940s and 50s. I don't know about the 70s. Actually, this radio play isn't even that old. It's from 1973, and it was done for CBS Radio Mystery Theatre. Hyman Brown was the director, and he had the vision of bringing old-time radio back to life. Anyway, let's get back to the blurb. A femme fatale double agent frames an unemployed reporter for homicide in Paris. A femme fatale is a very attractive woman who brings trouble to the men who get involved with her. In Chinese, we say she's a very beautiful woman and she's the source of calamity. Hong Yan Huo Shui. Beautiful, sexy women are very dangerous in detective stories and in spy stories. The label femme fatale was borrowed from French, but even the English translation sounds similar. Femme means female, woman, and fatale means fatal, something that will kill you. For example, a fatal gunshot didn't just hurt somebody, it killed somebody, and we know that from the adjective fatal. So in this story, this strikingly beautiful woman frames a newspaper man a reporter. So, she makes it look like this reporter committed homicide, the crime of murder, when actually he's innocent. So, this is a spy story. And our femme fatale is a double agent. That means she is a spy for both sides. Shuang Chong Jindie, a double agent. Our story takes place in France, but it's really about the time of the Cold War, Lung Jan, which is about 1947 to, let's say, 1991. America and Russia were enemies, and these two superpowers were preparing for all-out nuclear war. There was no fighting, but there was a lot of mistrust between the two sides. And a lot of tension because of the fear that somebody would push a button and set off a nuclear bomb. So, with this as our introduction, we start into our story. Act 1. It's evening, and Larry, the newspaper man, is walking in the park. He's moody because he just lost his job. He's puzzled because he doesn't know what he did wrong. He doesn't know why his editor would fire him. The editor is the person in charge of a newspaper or magazine, the one who decides which stories get printed, zongbianji or zongbian, and the boss, basically, of everyone else. So he also does the hiring and the firing. The editor didn't give him any reason for his dismissal. Dismissal is a noun that refers to being fired from his job, jigu. So, in the world of work, 
Being dismissed or being let go means being fired. Larry feels tormented, by his thoughts because he has no way to get to the answer. Thinking about it is like torture. Larry doesn't notice it at first, but three guys surround him. They push him around. He realized he's being mugged, that is to say, robbed. Lanjie, or Shiji. So he immediately offers them his money so that they won't hurt him. When you're being mugged, any passerby usually doesn't stop to help you. It's too dangerous, and they choose to protect themselves. The narrator telling the story compares it to falling from the top of a 30-story building, a very tall building, 30 stories, sanshurtsung, or 30 floors high. Your chance of grabbing a windowsill as you fall and saving yourself before you hit bottom is pretty slim. So it is when you're being mugged, just the same. Your chance of someone helping you is pretty slim. But a stranger does step in to help Larry. He fights off Larry's attackers. Larry thanks him and compliments him by saying, You're quite a scrapper for your age, meaning you're good at fighting. You're feisty and aggressive. You're ready for a fight. How da jia de nanzi. Larry wonders how this man fought off three guys. He asks, are you a karate expert? Karate is a martial art, a Japanese way of fighting with kicks and punches, but no weapons. So, empty-handed, or in Chinese, kong shou dao. The man says no, he just keeps himself in shape. He exercises and he keeps his body strong. They go for coffee together and talk a little more. Larry finds out that his new friend, Dave Wilson, used to be a commando, a soldier who's specially trained to carry out surprise attacks on the enemy. A team of commandos would be called Tujidwei in Chinese. Larry looks at Dave, judges his age, and asks, In World War II? Larry's likely thinking that Dave is too old to have fought in the ongoing Vietnam War in the 1959-1975 to War, so he must mean World War II, 1939-1945, to or perhaps the Korean War, 1950-1953. to Dave teases Larry, asking if Larry thought maybe he meant the Civil War, which was the war in America from 1861 to 1865. The Yankees in the North were fighting the Confederates in the South to free the black slaves. From their conversation, we realize there is quite an age difference between Larry and Dave. But Larry is a newspaper man, so he does know about the wars and history and the politics involved. Conversation turns to Larry's present circumstances. He can't figure out why his boss the newspaper editor, let him go. That is, why he fired him from his job. Jiegu. Dave's advice is to forget it and get on with your life. He suggests a trip to Paris, France. Larry takes that to be an invitation to go with Dave, but he thinks Dave is putting him on, just kidding him. I mean, who would invite a stranger? I mean, they just met. Who would invite a stranger to go on a trip with them to Paris? You know, 
So Larry thinks that Dave is putting him on. But Dave says, no, I'm not putting you on. I'm serious. Larry wonders if Dave is a scout, someone who looks for unknown talented people. Shintan, sometimes called a talent scout. Again, Larry's guess is wrong. But Dave explains that he's a guy who's sitting on about $200,000. Sitting on, sitting on it means he basically has it, or he's sure he will, but he's not using it yet. Zuoyong. Dave needs a guy like Larry to help him get the money. Larry feels suspicious of Dave, but Dave did help him, so he listens. Dave gives him his business card, and Larry comments that he's never heard of the company. Dave invites Larry to check him out, investigate, and see if Dave is who he says he is. Verify Dave's claims about himself. Cha Zheng, or Zheng Shi. Larry still seems suspicious and doesn't want to get sucked into some trick. But Dave insists that he listen. He says, At the end of World War II, the soldiers liberated the Jews. They set them free. Jiefeng. But they also liberated some works of art and some precious jewels. He calls the soldiers GIs, government-issued or meaning army supplies, because these men were supplied by the government, guanfeng bujida, and they felt no more important than the food or the weapons that the government was supplying to fight the war. Many of them would die in the war, doing what their leaders commanded. They had been conscripted. They were forced to serve in the army. And it can also come to just mean junren, whether you're conscripted or you choose to join. So GI came to mean soldier. Larry says he had heard about the so-called liberated art and jewels. Here, liberated means the GIs used this word, but really, they stole it. The art had been stolen by the Germans in the war, and the American soldiers stole it back, even though it wasn't theirs in the first place. They didn't give it back. To the original owners. One set of jewels was called the Lancer Collection. Lancer was the family name of the original owners. The Lancer Collection had many kinds of jewels, precious stones, shoshur, like diamonds, a jewel that can cut glass, zuanshur, and rubies, precious stones that are red in color, and emeralds, precious stones that are green in color, the Nazis seized them. They took them in 1940 when they went through France. The Nazis were members of the Nationalist Socialist German Workers' Party which controlled Germany from 33 to 45 under Adolf Hitler. In Chinese, we call them Nazi, or Nazi Dongren. The soldier who found and liberated the Lancer collection was a friend of Dave's, one of Dave's pals, Hao Pengyo. Dave's pal liberated the jewels with the help of a Frenchman, who is now a famous archaeologist. That is, he's a scientist who studies ancient cultures by digging up ancient civilizations. 
The archaeologist's name is Henri Thiel. At the mention of this name, Larry is shocked. He has heard of Henri Thiel and can't believe he would get involved in anything crooked, that is to say, dishonest. Dave agrees that Henry Thiel wouldn't do anything crooked now, but when he was younger, he did. Dave's pals persuaded him to do it. They hid the jewels in the ground and drew a map. Today, Professor Thiel is the only one who has the map. Dave's GI friend is now dead, and Professor Thiel wants to return the jewels. However, he doesn't want anyone to know that he stole the jewels in the first place. That would be too embarrassing and ruin his reputation, ruin his good name. All Dave asks Larry to do is interview Professor Teal, and in the process, the professor will hand Larry the map. No one will know what it is. Larry can slip it in with his interview notes and bring it back to Dave. Dave's plan is very tempting for Larry because as a newspaper man, a journalist, Larry would love to have the opportunity to interview Professor Teal. Dave says Professor Teal is good material, that is, He's good source material for a book or an article, Sutsai, and Larry has to agree. Larry wants to know where the $200,000 comes in that Dave said he was sitting on. Dave explains that it's the reward money for turning in the collection of jewels. Part of that reward would be Larry's. Because Larry asked about the payment, we understand that he has been persuaded to play a part in this. He will interview the professor and get the map to Dave. The next scene, scene three, is very short. Dave is alone and he makes a phone call. He tells someone that Larry bought the story about the Lancer collection. Saying he bought it means he believes it. My Jung. Dave ends the call by saying, Operation successful. This word, operation, refers to secret underground work, espionage, spy work. Mimi Huodong or Jindia Huodong. So from this, we realize that Dave Wilson is actually a spy. Okay, that's it for our walkthrough. Let's listen again to scenes one, two, and three of The Lady Was a Tiger. Enjoy. Walking is great exercise, and with good weather can also be great fun. But not when you've just been fired by the editor of the newspaper for which you've worked happily for five years. Larry Fielding has been walking aimlessly for two hours, trying to figure out why Horace Finley, the editor and his boss, had refused to give him any reason for his dismissal. Tormented by his frustrating thoughts and tired, Larry sits down on a park bench to think. He is so deep in thought, he is unaware of three men who suddenly surround him. Larry has only to look at them to know that he is in trouble. He tries to get up, but is pushed back down, and the men start to beat him up. No, no, take, take my money and leave me alone, will you? Look, 
if, if you want money, I told you, you, you can have it. Help! Help! Calling for help when you're being mugged in a big city park is sometimes as helpful as trying to catch hold of a windowsill in a 30-story fall. But this time, there was a miracle. A stranger has seen the attack and rushes to help. Hey, in there, you man! Here comes... That's a nice story you have there, fella! You need a lesson in chicken! Oh, that took care of them. They're gone. Oh, thanks. Uh, let me help you up. Thanks. Thanks, mister. Thanks a lot, I tell you. I was in real trouble. My pleasure. Did they get your wallet? I don't know. I... No, no, no. I got a lot of bruises, but they didn't get a thing. Say, you're a pretty good scrapper for a... For a guy my age. Well, yeah, yeah. Hey, what are you, a karate expert? Oh, just keep myself in shape. You sure do. Listen, can I do something for you to show you I really meant thanks? You certainly can. How about coffee? Oh, sure, sure, but, but that's nothing. What, what I meant was... Uh, I know what you meant. My name's Dave Wilson. Oh, good. I'm, uh, I'm Larry Fielding. Oh, come on, Larry. Let's have a cup of coffee. I still can't get over the way you tore into those guys. I was a commando in World War II. World War II? <laughs> Did you think I was in the Civil War? No, no, I didn't mean that. It's just... Well, to a young fellow like you, World War II might as well have been in the last century. It was only 30-some-odd years ago, you know. Oh, I know, I know. After all, I was in the newspaper business. Yeah. You know, that stuff which you told me about losing your job. What are you going to do? Oh, I don't know. Look around for another one. What bothers me is the way my editor let me go. No explanations. You know, we were friends. You'd think he'd at least tell me why he fired me. Those things happen. Ah. Stop torturing yourself and begin making plans. No, not until I get this thing straightened out in my own mind. I think I'll call my editor at home tonight and... Uh... I've got a better idea. <laughs> go out and get drunk, huh? Nope. How about a trip to Paris? <laughs> are you putting me on? I'm serious. Well, what are you... A scout for contestants for some kind of TV quiz show? <laughs> no. I am a man sitting on a couple of hundred thousand dollars. What? And I need a guy just like you. Now, look. Look, I'm a newspaper man. Anytime a stranger starts talking about a trip to Paris and a couple of hundred thousand dollars, I, uh... Walk away without even listening? Yeah. Even if the man just happened to maybe save you from being mugged, robbed, and beaten up? Okay. All right. I'll listen. But believe me, that'll be it. Fair enough. First, here's my card. Oh. Uh, David Wilson Calridge Imports. I never heard of him. You can call and check me out. I told you I was in World War II. Oh, look. I'm grateful to you, but you're wasting your time. Why don't you shut up and listen? You've probably heard about the millions of dollars in artworks and precious jewels that the G.I.s liberated. During the last days of the war. Liberated, sure. Yeah, well, I've heard stories. Well, most of them are true. One that I know in particular certainly is. Did you ever hear of the Lancer collection? Lancer, Lancer. The no, Comte no. de Lancer came from an old French family. And the Lancer collection is a fabulous assortment of diamonds, rubies, emeralds, and other precious stones which were seized by the Nazis when they swept through France in 1940. A pal of mine, not a commando, happened to come upon the collection when the Americans were driving the Germans back in 44. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. And he liberated it? Exactly. He had a distinguished Frenchman named Henri Thiel. What? Professor Henri Thiel? The archaeologist? That's the man. Oh, come on. He wouldn't... Uh... You were saying something? No, nothing. You were about to say he wouldn't get involved in anything crooked, weren't you? Yeah, something like that. You're right, he wouldn't. But he was younger. The world was quite different then. And my G.I. pal was a most persuasive guy. They decided to bury the Lancer collection. They did. They drew a map. And today, Professor Teal is the only possessor of that map. Uh-huh, 
And, uh, what happened to your nameless friend? He's dead. Professor Teal wants to return the jewels. <laughs> but that's easy, isn't it? Not if the professor doesn't want embarrassing questions asked about how he came by that app in the first place. Oh. What about you? Calridge Imports is a highly respected and reputable importing firm. I want to keep it that way. Oh, so do I, even though I've just been fired. You haven't heard what I'm asking you to do. Well, what? Come with me to Paris. You're writing a story on Professor Teal. He's good material. You'll grant me that. Yes, yes. You'll interview him, naturally. During the course of that interview, he'll give you a slip of paper, which is a map showing the location of the jewels. You'll later deliver it to me. And that's all you have to do. You, um, mentioned something about sitting on hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's right. The Lancer collection is worth that and more. I'm sitting on it. I intend to return the jewels and collect a reward. If you want to share in that, you deserve it. Mrs. Wilson, the report is positive. Fielding has agreed to go to Paris with me. He bought the story about picking up a map showing the location of the Lancer collection. Operation successful. Let's talk. What is your best guess? Why do you think Larry got fired? And who is Wilson, friend or enemy? Now that you know Dave Wilson is a spy, what do you think of his heroic rescue of Larry? Although Larry was suspicious at first, it seems that he has let down his guard. He's ready to hop on a plane for France and have an adventure. Let's make our predictions now and see how close we get to what really happens in a few weeks at the end of the story. Please leave your comment or questions below my show notes at www.dramaticlistening.com dl062 or on my Facebook page at facebook.com slash dramatic listening. Do you like the spy story? I hope so. If you do, please help me share it with your friends. You can use the social icons on my blog, or you could share it from my Facebook page as well. Help your friends get started now at the beginning of a new radio play. And remember, the vocabulary for this episode is all posted on Quizlet. So if you're a Chinese speaker, you could learn these words with English, Chinese, flashcards, and games at www.dramaticlistening.com slash Quizlet. If you want the bonus PDF of the keywords and the transcript of the radio play, you should listen to Dramatic Listening on the Podcast Source app. You can get this app on the Apple App Store, Google Play, and the Amazon App Store, and on the Windows App Store. Once you have the app, you can download the bonus PDF. And have you listened to Dramatic Listening on Stitcher yet? Stitcher is radio on demand. Stitcher streams the broadcast, which means you do have to stay connected while you listen, but you won't have to waste time downloading files, and you won't have to use up memory on your smartphone. You'll find a link to Stitcher in my show notes at dramaticlistening.com. Well, folks, that's it for this episode. Thanks for joining me again this week, and bye for now, but I will see you again in two weeks. <laughs>